The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you as we are live here every single weekday from 7 to 9 a.m., Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And whether you're listening on the a.m. side at 1490, on the f.m. side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com on the website there, we appreciate you tuning in. I know that you have a, uh, a choice of where you get your news and sports news information and opinions from, and entertainment even. If I, if I find me the least bit entertaining, I don't know how, but uh, maybe I try to, try to be there at least a little bit for you. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. We try to keep it uh, fun and new and fresh and uh, live and local, of course, every single day. And keeping it local here today, we're talking Arizona, Arizona basketball. Arizona football will come later in, in the week uh, as uh, we get some results from the Hawaii Bowl and things like that that are going on, uh, some of the players over there. Also, by the way, Arizona football, fantastic article written yesterday by Michael Lev, who did some digging, talking to the coaches and some people involved there, and uh, did a essentially like a, a 15 things to know about the team, essentially as as the as it states uh, as the status is right now. Check it out. Go to uh, go to the you know Arizona Daily Star website Tucson.com. And uh, check out the, a really good article written by Michael Lev. He did a great job putting that together. And uh, look, our our local guys here do a fantastic job of covering Wildcat sports. They, it's just the coverage is really good. Uh, it's really nice to have an athletic director in Dave Hickey who encourages his coaches and his staff to reach out to the media and make themselves available to them. So this is all – it's all good. It's, it's great for the fans because you can get stuff directly from the source, which is, which is great, and uh, the writers here do a fantastic job. Let's dig into Arizona basketball tonight as they go on the road. We saw them at home over a weekend stint with the Rocky Mountain Schools coming away 2-0. The you know, Wildcats looking good, of course. They're 14-1 on the season, 4-0 in the conference, have had a little shakeup because of – COVID postponements from other teams they were supposed to play, which now faces them with a three-game road trip, essentially a three-consecutive-game road trip over the next six days that they'll have to be contending with in the state of California. But first, it's Stanford, and this is going to be a tough matchup for Arizona. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Stanford is a um, they're a, a gritty team. They're big. They're tough. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I feel like Jared Haas is doing his best coaching job since arriving in Palo Alto because they're not the most talented team that he's had there. They're not, they're not anywhere near the most talented team that he's had. You know, they, they start a young, a small guard in, in uh, Mike O'Connell. You know, he's not, not the biggest guy in the world. He's not the biggest threat to shoot either, but he is a good distributor of the basketball, has a good assist to turnover ratio. Um, Takes, does take some, some, um, you know, some chances, I guess, with some passes and things like that. But they're a big team, and they're one of the best. They're, they're an elite rebounding team. And when you look at uh, Stanford, you know, they have big guards. Uh, you know, the other the, the two-guard, Harrison Ingram, is a freshman who's fantastic. He's a problem, by the way. Um, we'll talk about him in a moment. You know, he's six foot seven. He's and he's legit. Like, he's a big kid. Like, he does not look like a freshman. He is wide at the shoulders. He's thick. 
He's got a good base to him. Like you'll, if, if you haven't watched Stanford basketball and you're going to watch tonight on ESPNU, Harrison Ingram, number 55, he is <laughs> he's a problem. He's given some, some Pac-12 teams and some other teams some real issues this season. And then their front line with Spencer Jones, who's a good scorer, Jaden Dallaire, who's got uh, some nice offense to him as well, and then uh, James Keefe, their center. Look, all of those guys are good rebounders. They they rebound like crazy. And honestly, you know, what they lack in talent, because like I said, this is not the talented Stanford team that we've seen over the last few years, you know, with the likes of, you know, Zaire Williams. And, and look, Zaire was, wasn't all that great for them because he was injured most of his time at Stanford. His talent is insane. But, um, the you know, he was injured for a lot of time there. And, you know, the likes of Oscar De Silva's and such, you know, they, they've had some, some really talented teams there uh, over the last few years. And I thought that Jared Haas was a little bit underwhelming in certain seasons with them given their talent. This year, though, I think he's doing a phenomenal job. And what Stanford lacks in talent, they're making up for with their level of effort. And that is it's, – it's completely shown in how well they rebound the basketball. I mean, they're just they're, – they are an elite rebounding team. Um, when you look at the amount of, you know, their, like their rebound margin and things like that, they're, they're very good. Um, you know, they're, they're not the best offensive rebounding team in the league, but they are the 11th team in the country as far as uh, rebound margin goes. They're the uh, 11th best team in the country in rebounding margin, meaning that they out-rebound their opponents by an average of about 8.8 rebounds per game. Now, that is good for number two in the Pac-12. I'll give you one guess who's number one, the elite rebounding team in the Pac-12, your Arizona Wildcats. Arizona is number seven in the country in rebounding margin. They out-rebound their opponents by more than 10 rebounds per game, and they're number one in the Pac-12. Now, when you when you watch the game tonight, you'll notice some things about Stanford. First of all, like I said, they send four guys to the glass every single time. They are a – they have to make up for – Talent and shooting with toughness, rebounding, fundamentals, things like that. They do they do the little things well, which keeps them in games. You know they you know, they've they've beaten some really good teams. In fact, when you look at their resume, they have the most quad one wins of any team in the Pac-12. They've won three games against quad one teams this year, including USC. So they you know they've put together some wins. This is a team that has surprised some people. Now. There have been other times where they haven't been so good either. You know, they lost by 40 to Baylor. Um, they lost to Colorado earlier in the season. They lost to Santa Clara. They got blown out by Santa Clara really early in the season. I'm not going to put that on them. You, you lose a game like that early in the season to a Santa Clara team who probably ret- returned, you know, four starters to their lineup. Um, you know, that's that's obviously, uh, you know, something you can just put you know put on the wayside. The other losses are to Texas. They lost to Texas on a neutral site. Now, Texas is – they're an interesting team. <laughs> they have they, – you know, they were ranked – they were ranked number 23 in the country, uh, I believe. They just lost again. Um, they're having some troubles this year. But Ken Palm has a high rating on them. I think they're like the number 17 or 18 Ken Palm team in the country. So that's, uh, that's you know, worthy of it to me. But most recently, they lost in Seattle to Washington – um, a 67-64 game came right down to the wire, and that's not a great loss for them, although Washington is improving right now. But you watch Stanford play, you know, it's very much a uh, – the reason why I think Jared Hass is doing his best coaching job is because it's like, it's like watching someone move 
chess pieces around on a on a on a on a chessboard. He because he has so many multiple wings. He has, you know, six seven Harrison Ingram and his center is six nine. And then he brings in he'll bring in a guy who's six foot ten and another guy who's six foot eight and then he'll switch them around and he'll play Ingram at the point and he, you know it, he he moves guys around a lot. So it makes it difficult for other coaches to match up because he's cha- he's constantly changing things. Like you watch him and he's just, you know, he's constantly changing and on offense because of the amount of screening that they do. It is you you'll see Stanford. I mean, they're running Jared Hass's offense. Um it's an offense that has been run at Kansas forever, right? Uh it's just tons and tons of screen games. Screen, screen, screen. There's screens everywhere. They run screens for everybody. They run dual screens. They run staggered screens. They run triple screens. I mean, they run all kinds of different stuff there. Uh, so you've got to be good in your screen fits, or you have to be able to communicate on defense to make sure that you're communicating the switches that need to be taken care of when, you're do- when you do get screened. If you don't want to go over under, you just want to switch, you've got to make sure you're communicating that for Arizona. It's going to be key for them on defense to be able to communicate those switches if they choose to do so. So for Arizona, it's going to be about finding your man, matching up. Now, the good thing for Arizona is this. They have two wing players, two starters, essentially, Dale and Terry, Benedict Matherin, who can match up with guys that Stanford's going to roll out there because both Dalen and Ben at six foot six, lengthy and physical, both good defenders, can defend those multiple wing spots. Then you have the two bigs in the middle, right? You've got Coloco protecting the rim, and you've got Tabellus guarding, you know, essentially the you know the, the barriers of the paint there. Uh, both of them do a fantastic job as well. Listen, I, I, I think this is going to be a, a lower scoring game than we've expected to see out of uh, you know out of Arizona contests and such. I just based on how well Stanford rebounds, Arizona's not going to have that huge rebounding margin that we're accustomed to. That allow you know because when you rebound you can you can fast break you don't take the ball out of the out of the net and run fast break you run fast break off of rebounds Arizona's not going to dominate the boards or at least we don't expect them to to dominate the boards the way that they have against lesser opponents Stanford is going to rebound right there with them they're neck and neck uh, as far as rebounding margin and rebounding efficiency goes so it's going to be important for Arizona to make sure they run good crisp half-court offense because you're not going to have those runouts on Stanford. You know, even though they send four guys to the boards, you're going to have to send four guys there also. Otherwise, you're going to give up 30 second-half, second-chance points, which is going to equate to a loss. So you do that, you'll lose. Uh, you'll lose to Stanford. You'll lose to anybody if you have 30-second-chance points. But, you know, they're going to have to be disciplined and fundamental in their, you know, in their rebounding game. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game for, for Arizona, uh, which may end up – causing the, the the spread to be a little bit tighter than we expect you know it's uh, you know Arizona wins a lot of games by 18 19 20 21 points this may be closer to you know maybe a 10 or a 9 or a you know 8 point win or something like that is kind of what i'm you know kind of looking at when you, when you look at how the teams play and just look at the difference in talent level and such i, I think that's that's a pretty fair assessment uh for the game now my keys to the game are this for Arizona, number one, like I said, you got to pound the glass. You got to send four guys to the to the paint after a shot goes up. You got to be physical with them. You got to be fundamental in your box outs. Make sure that you're positioned properly. That you're not trying to swim over a guy to get to the rebound. Beat him to the to the spot. 
get in front of him, box out, make yourself wide, low and wide, okay, and then jump up and go grab the ball with two hands. Just got to be fundamental. That's what Stanford does. That's how they're so effective in rebounding the basketball. Arizona's going have to have to match them in that particular aspect of the game. Number two, and this is a, this is a really important one, maybe, maybe even more so than, than the rebounding, and that's ball pressure on defense. Look, Stanford, for all the things that they are, a, a team who protects the basketball, they are not. Stanford is dead last in the Pac-12 in regards to turnovers per game and turnover margin. Now, nationally, when you look at Stanford, they are 343rd in the country in turnovers per game. 340. There are 350 teams. <laughs> that means there's only seven teams in the country who turn the ball over more than Stanford does. And it's not even like they run this fast-paced offense. They are 270th in average possession like. They're, they're a, a, more, a much more methodical team. They're like 190th in tempo, Okay. Which means their turnover percentage, according to Ken Palm rankings, is 344th in the country. They turn the ball over on 23% of their possessions. That is alarm. I mean, that's, that's as bad as it gets, folks. Like the, You thought Arizona had turnover problems. Arizona is – Arizona turns the ball over essentially at about 18% of, of, their, of their possessions, 154th in the nation – top third in, in, the, in the nation as far as that goes, okay? They're still in the green, according to Ken Palm. It's a very, very light green, but they're still green. If you've read Ken Palm's uh, website before, you know what I'm talking about. It's a very light green. Stanford is the deepest red that you can get on the Ken Palm, uh, the Ken Palm website in regards to turnover percentage. They're nearly dead last in the country in turnovers per possession. It is, it is remarkable how bad they are at protecting the basketball. Now, how do they not protect the basketball? Well, you think, do they, do they give up a lot of steals? Sure, they do. Steal percentage is pretty high. Uh, teams steal the ball away from them quite a bit. But it's the non-steal turnovers. They are 344th in the country in non-steal turnovers, meaning that they either throw the ball away, you know, an unprovoked uh, turnover, traveling double dribbles or offensive fouls, right? So those are the three aspects of the game that that Stanford really uh is is not excelling at right now. What you can do to really crank that up is with ball pressure on defense. And Arizona is fantastic at pressuring the ball on defense. Once Arizona commits themselves defensively to pressuring the basketball, that's when Arizona goes on those 21 nothing runs because Teams have such a difficult time running half-court offense when Arizona is pressuring them because Arizona is more athletic, they're longer, they're bigger. It makes it extremely difficult. You can't play defense like that for 40 minutes. If you did, you wouldn't be able to play the offense that Arizona does. So it's nice to have the balance that they do have, and it's a credit to the coaching staff and the players on that. But for ball pressure, for, for, the, for the Wildcats, it's, it's all about ball pressure on defense. Pressure these guys into turning the ball over, you may be able to get upwards of 20 turnovers on Stanford tonight. They average 17 a game. Um, you may be able to get 20 turnovers against these guys tonight. And if, if you do that, obviously turnovers lead to fast breaks, and we all know what that looks like in Arizona's offense and how good Arizona is in the fast break. Finally, when you're in the half court, and you will be there quite often, you've got to feed the bigs. 
you got to feed Coloco, you got to feed Tubelis, you got to feed Ballo. Whomever's playing down low, you got to feed them in the paint. And you got to be crisp with your passes because Stanford, they, they will step out, they'll get into those passing lanes, and they'll steal the ball. They, uh, they, they, you know, they play a, a, a good, good defense, and they've got some size. Stanford, though, is 258th in the nation in defending the two-point field goal. So two-point field goal percentage, 258th in the nation. Meanwhile, Arizona is fifth in the country in scoring in the paint. There is your huge discrepancy. Stanford gives up easy buckets a lot. Arizona fifth in the country at easy buckets. It's, you know, you, you want to say it's just that simple. It's really not, but really it is. You just look for the bigs. Coloco and Tubelis have the size advantage and the length advantage and the athleticism advantage over the guys that they're going to be playing against. And in my opinion, there's no reason why both Coloco and Tubelis can't score 20 points apiece tonight. There's, there's, there's no reason other than if the guards just don't want to throw the ball inside. Like, we've seen that before, right? Like, not just out of, out of you know, previous iterations of Arizona basketball, but this one too. Sometimes these guys fall in love with their jump shot a little too much or they try to just pass the perimeter too much. Like, they, they, they want to share the ball, but they just end up going around the perimeter. We've seen, that, we've seen this team get stagnant on offense by doing that, just throwing the ball around the perimeter, looking for the open three. When you've got two guys down low, you've got a guy standing at the free throw line trying to beat the, the zone if, if the team's in zone, or you've got Tubella setting a screen, or you've got Coloco walling off his man, asking for the ball inside with good position. We, we've seen this team neglect to throw the ball inside. So it's going to be important for those guards to say, look, you know, we can just crush this team in the paint. Like Arizona should be able to get 40 points in the paint tonight, no problem. Like they should feast on the paint. And when I say 40, that's like Arizona's average, and Stanford is well below average in the country in giving up points in the paint. So, listen – Stanford's a good team. There's a reason why they've beaten the likes of USC. They they beat Wyoming. They beat Oregon. You know they've they've beaten some good teams this year. They have three quad one wins. They just beat Washington State uh, last week as well. A week a week ago they beat Washington State. This is a this is a very winnable game for Arizona, but they're going to be playing in front of no crowd. And I know it's it's been brought up, and I know it was brought up in in Tommy Lloyd's press conference. And Tommy was like, "Well, you know, I don't know how how it, how you know the road team would be uh, would be you know have an advantage in that area." Well, the fact of the matter is, sometimes Arizona travels with better fans than the home team brings in. In certain cases, like in, at Cal, uh, Stanford, Washington State, sometimes there's more people on an on the airplane on the on the charter flight than there are home fans in the stadium. I've seen that before. Now, for the most part. You know, they the the home team rolls out the red carpet for their fans on Arizona night. It's some kind of a uh, some kind of a promotion and a color out or a stripe out or whatever have you. They bring in all the celebrities. Like the only time I've seen celebrities at games are when Arizona is is there. They don't ever show them on TV when you know when other teams are playing them. But you've been there, and I've seen Tiger Woods at the Stanford games, and you know you see the former quarterbacks at the Washington State games and such. You don't see that now. Arizona, I think, will be somewhat affected by the fact that there is no crowd, but they can just settle into it. Um, Maples is an interesting place to play <laughs> because they have the old the old gym baskets that fold down from the ceiling still, uh, which can make things, you know, balls that come off the heel of the, of the rim can sometimes be a little 
a little funky. So got to prepare for that and uh, adjust for that. And and you know when they when they do their walk around today, their shoot around today, they'll uh, they'll see all that stuff in in full action there. So. Uh, that's a little preview of tonight's game. You can again, you can watch it on ESPNU. That game tips off at nine o'clock tonight. They'll probably get the five-minute push, which means it'll start at like nine o seven. So be ready for that. Get your get your pot of coffee or your your rock star or whatever, and uh, get ready for a a late night of college basketball. But it should be a good game. I'm really looking forward to it. Each win means that much more in the NFL playoffs, and that's why FanDuel Sportsbook is going to be hooking up new customers with that 30-to-1 odds promotion that I've been talking about. That's just for the divisional playoff round. Here's how it works. You sign up using my promo code DEAN. Okay, You make your first deposit, minimum deposit of $10. Okay, Some of these other sites out there are like minimum deposit $50. <laughs> Nuts to that. Like, I don't need to be dropping 50 bucks right away. 10 bucks. Okay, Then what you can do is you can access that promotion, the uh, the the thirty to one promotion. Whichever team you want, whichever team you think has the best chance of winning, throw five bucks on them. You know what your payout is when they win? One hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> it's that. It's just that simple. It's that good, and it's a great promotion to get you started. Now, if it were me, like I said, I would take the Titans over the Bengals. I just think that the matchup is is ripe for the picking in that one. But again, you got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. You never know. But I like the Titans big. Uh, in that game, or at least most solidly of all the matchups this weekend. Just sign up for the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, make your deposit, and uh, use my promo code DEAN to take uh, take advantage of those uh, the great promotions and the odds that you're going to get in those 30-to-1 odds. And when you win, FanDuel is going to pay you out in less than two hours. So you can go to Ching and walk that digital ticket up to the virtual window, cash out, and you are $150 richer, and it's a beautiful thing. Now, if you're already a, a FanDuel Sportsbook user, they've got the great referral friend program. You send them a link when they sign up and make their first deposit. You get 50 bucks. They get 50 bucks. It's all good. They're keeping it, uh, keeping it local, keeping it in the family, and you can do that too. You can be like me, refer friends to it. Uh, send them your own little referral code. But when you use my referral code, Dean, that's when you get access to the other promotions as well. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and pick your divisional playoff team before kickoff on Saturday. 21 and over in present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit is required. Must wager a designated offer market. Max bonus is $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. More local sports talk on the Jeff Dean Show next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. It's about 830 on your Thursday morning. Check out Spears and Ali today from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Immediately following them, we will join in progress. The Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks, D-Book and Chris Paul versus Luka and the Mavericks. So you can hear that right here on your Tucson home for Phoenix Suns basketball. Speaking of basketball, let's give away some tickets right now to go see Adia Barnes and the women's basketball team. That game is tomorrow night against Utah at the McHale Center. We're going to give away a pair of tickets right now. Be caller number two at 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. Caller number two is going to win themselves a pair of tickets to go see the women's Wildcat team take on the Utes. And, uh, look, you know, women's team coming off a uh, heartbreaking loss, a gut-wrenching loss at Oregon. They did not play well on the road trip. It took them 
a last-second bucket by Shayna Pellington to knock out the Beavers, and then the thing that happened in Oregon, which we've been talking about and people have been talking about all week, blowing a 17-point lead, going to overtime, and eventually losing 68-66 to in overtime to Oregon, who has not been good so far this season, but we know that Oregon basketball is a good program and that they'll eventually get things turned around. It's just been a bad first half of the season for for them. The The reason we're talking about it so much is because of the heated exchanges between Adia Barnes and Oregon's head coach, Kelly Graves. Kelly Graves is a is a coach whom, whom I've seen. I, I've, I've seen a couple of, of uh, Wildcat home games. I don't get a chance to go to as many. I would Trust me, if I... If I lived in Tucson, I would be there all the time because uh, they're fun. It's a fun product to watch, and the, the, the games are super exciting. They really are. Um, the, the the two games that I went to, one of them was a non-conference game. The other one was a game against Oregon. And the one thing that I noticed about Oregon was how demonstrative their head coach is, stomping on the sidelines, screaming at the officials, screaming at his, at his players. Like, I'm all for a coach getting in the face of the players. Like, if they do something wrong, like, listen, people would, would jump all over Sean Miller because of the way that he would browbeat his players from time to time and get in their faces and, and coach them. Sean Miller liked to coach his players hard, and he brought in players that wanted to be coached. That was always a prerequisite. It's like, look, you come here to play for, for Arizona, you come here to play for me, you're going to get coached. I'm going to coach you harder than anybody has coached you in your entire life. You better be able to respond to that. And the players who wanted to be here and be coached like that would sign up to play here. Guys like you know Brandon Williams, who w- was really intent on being coached hard. He, he liked it. So when, when you watch a coach like, you know, like Sean get in people's faces, people would get all upset and be like, oh, Sean's you know, you know, leaning on the players and stuff. But you're, you're there and you see it, and it's really not that bad, to be honest with you. Like what I saw out of this dude, the way he was coaching his way, and I've seen Oregon on TV too, and he's the same way, stomping on the sidelines, and he like gets red faced screaming at his players, like in the huddles and stuff, and you can see that they're not like <laughs> the players aren't really into that. Well, apparently, this guy was dropping B bombs at Adia Barnes during the game in Oregon over the weekend, and Adia had basically heard enough of it. She stood up for herself, uh, in in the way that she felt was was necessary at the time and reportedly gave him the middle finger as they were walking off the court after the game. Cameras caught it. I have not seen any pictures. Apparently there was a video of it. I have not seen the video of it either, but there are plenty of eyewitnesses who will corroborate the report. Now, Adia Barnes said basically yesterday, look, I'm done with the Oregon situation. Uh, it was a heated situation, but the fact that she's composed and she is going to control how she responds from here on out. She chose to do it because she was standing up for her, for herself and for her players. And she always wants to make sure that she's putting it out there that her, her players need to always stand up for themselves. Like basically like, you know, um, you know, stick up for yourself if you get in a situation. But um, you know, she said, I, I understand that I'm a role model. I'm not perfect. Um, what she says, she says, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to get emotional and I'm passionate, but I always have to conduct myself in the right way. And she said everything got blown out of proportion. So apparently Adia doesn't feel like it's all that big a deal. Um, again, I don't think it's all that big a deal either. We're talking about it because the fans are, I mean, they are at each other's throats on Twitter right now. Uh, they have been all week with the Oregon fans 
going back and forth about this, you know, this alleged uh, middle finger. I, again, like, how soft are we? Like, seriously, that a middle finger is going to get you all riled up? A middle finger, it's not like, he, not like, not like, like they threw punches at one another. It's not like they threw something at one another. She didn't say anything, you know, about him in the in the press conference. He didn't say anything about her in the press conference. She was like, "I'll see you February fourth in my house. You're number one in my book, buddy. Here you go." So, listen, we're gonna get upset about a middle finger. Then I, I just I, I don't know what like, what else is left for us. It's a middle finger. I, mean, I guess I guess people do get up because there's road rage all the time, right? People get shot over flipping people off on the road. So, <laughs> I I don't I don't understand how soft of a, of a society we've become and why we want to retaliate for getting flipped off. I think it's funny, personally. Um, <laughs> you know, you can only take being called a, a the b word so many times before you finally just say, you know what, I've had it with you, buddy, and instead of punching him square in the face, which have probably probably deserved. Uh, she gave him the middle finger on her way off the court. Only way that would have been better is if they'd won the game, obviously. That would have been a, a lot nicer. But, again, paybacks are a B word, right? And uh, they'll be coming to the McHale Center in a couple of weeks on February 4th. Make sure you get your tickets for that. That's going to be fun, to say the least. Fans are going to be riled up for that. All right, congratulations to Willie Green. Willie Green won himself a pair of tickets to go see That women's basketball team play tomorrow night against Utah at the McHale Center. Congratulations, Willie. Enjoy the game, and uh, thank you for listening. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, more sports talk right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, you know, we talked Major League Baseball before. Let's talk about some baseball that's actually going to be played here real soon. College baseball. Your Arizona Wildcats uh, ranked in the top 25 in all of the polls right now. Um, they, uh, the D1Baseball.com poll just came out, and Arizona's ranked 15th in that poll. They're ranked 14th in the Perfect Game poll. Uh, the Collegiate Baseball Poll ranked them at 22, so it's a little bit all over the place, and we're still waiting on the um, the Baseball America Poll, which is, I think that's the one that most people kind of chiefly look at and, and respond to in, in regards to uh, college baseball rankings. But nonetheless, Chip Hale has got himself one hail of a team, and they're going to open up the season coming up on February 18th. They're going to be down in Arlington, Texas, for the State Farm College Baseball Showdown. They will take on Kansas State. In that, uh, in that opening matchup there on February 18th. So college baseball going to be getting underway here in less than a month. Super excited for the, uh, for the team this year, for the season. The, the Pac-12, once again, going to be very good, or Pac-11, uh, if you will, going to be very good once again this year. Stanford returns a phenomenal team. They're, they're really, really good. They're an, an early season pick. Uh, to win the College World Series, Oregon State—they're bouncing back once again. They, you know, had a little had a little hiccup there for a couple of years where they weren't the number one team in the country and indomitable and back-to-back championships and all that stuff. They're back. <laughs> they're definitely a top twenty-five program this year. And of course, you always have the likes of UCLA, USC, and maybe the occasional Arizona State appearance when they can 
you know, finally figure things out after they've stopped cheating down there in baseball uh, for many years under the Pat Murphy uh, uh, administration. So the uh, uh, the Pac-12 going to be showing up, or Pac-11, going to be showing up again this year, and it's going to be a tough road for Arizona. They've got a uh, – uh, the, the schedule isn't as tough as it was two years ago. I remember the, the 2019 schedule w- was insane. That was – Maybe the most difficult schedule I've ever seen in the history of college baseball. This year, it's not quite as bad, but it is still a um, a, a difficult road to hoe, if you will, for uh, Chip Hale and the Wildcats. But they got you know they got the tools to do it. You know they bounced back after you know the former coach, and I'm not going to even mention his name anymore. Uh, the former coach just walked out on him in the middle of the World Series. Essentially, was interviewing for jobs uh, while the Wildcats were trying to advance in the Collegiate World Series last year. Ends up at LSU, took a bunch of players with him, which is a Bush League move in my opinion. But, hey, you know what? It's player movements, and uh, they can do what they want. But uh, one of the guys that stayed at Arizona, at Arizona is uh, a kid who is just a remarkable baseball player. He was the Pac-12 freshman of the year last year, the catcher Daniel Susak, who – is one of the leading players in the entire country, one of the one of the top twenty players in the country in in collegiate baseball, and we're going to get to see him play out his freshman season here at uh, at Arizona. He is draft eligible, so that's one of the things about it. So this will probably be our last season with Daniel Susak, so we should enjoy it. Last year he hit three thirty five, twelve dingers, had sixty five RBIs, started sixty games for the Wildcats last year. I mean, just a remarkable player. And uh, we're really lucky to have him, and he's one of the best players in the entire country. So go out there and uh, get ready to cheer on your Wildcats when they uh, they come home to the uh, to the high seat, the high Corbett Field. Great place to take in a game. Always beautiful sunsets out there. Um, I get to call games from there every now and then uh, whenever they need a fill-in uh, for the PA, and I, I jump at the at the opportunity to, to do it because not only do I get to watch some good baseball, I get to watch a beautiful sunset in a gorgeous setting there at high C with some engaged fans. And we get to watch the, uh, the, the, the the fan who likes to dance to the Cotton Eye Joe. Always play that. Fans swinging the towels, having the rally towels going. It's it's a great time out there at High C. If you haven't been to a Wildcat baseball game, I highly encourage you, especially this year. The team's excellent this year. Chip Hale put himself together, one hell of a staff. And, again, they've got some great players as well, including Daniel Susak, the reigning Pac-12 freshman of the year. So check that out. Um, <laughs> the rivalry – the in-state rivalry continues. Now, we're all familiar with the stupid billboard on the I-10 there as you're heading back up into uh, to Phoenix from Tucson with the, uh, the, the results of the Territorial Cup football game from two years ago. That billboard has been updated, apparently. It got updated uh, recently, like within the last 24 hours or so. And the supporters from the school from up north are – making sure that uh, people traveling from Tucson to Phoenix along the uh, the westbound I-10 there are reminded of the previous five seasons' outcomes of the football games between the two schools. It, uh, it takes a shot also, and it, it's, look, it's not, a, um, it's, it's not a subtle one. It is a very poignant shot at Jed Fish's you know his his war cry essentially the it's personal uh, that's been all over Twitter for the last year and a half. It uh, the the new billboard, it's at the top. It says nothing personal, and then there are five images of territorial cups, each with the final score 
in the uh, inside the the territorial cup, and then at the bottom it says "No pity for the kitty." So they have changed the uh, the billboard a little bit, showing that they have asserted their dominance over the last five years, especially with a, uh, uh, a, a I guess a a coaching staff that really didn't give two rips about being at Arizona during that time. Uh, none more evident than uh, the, the 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 way the, the outcome from two years ago was. And so the, the little the little billboard there is uh, is shining brightly, and they're very proud of it, I'm sure. And they get to come to Tucson on November 25th against a, a team who, look, Arizona was in that game, in the Territorial Cup game, completely overmatched. Uh, they were in that game all the way up until about 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, right? They were trading field goals for touchdowns, which is always a problem. You're going to get beat if you just kick field goals. And we kind of saw that coming at the beginning when we had to kick three field goals on those three red zone trips. But uh, the gap is not as wide as the school from up north would like you to believe. And based on the current recruiting standings, if you look for Arizona, you'll find them very near the top. In fact, in the top 20 in the country. Um, based on the amount of the, the the transfers that Arizona has brought in, and if you scroll down here, let's see, let's keep going. No, nope, they're not. I got to click on page two here. Um, you look in here and see. Uh, glad you got almost all the way. Do I have to click on page three? Oh, there they are. Ninety three. Ninety three. There they are. That stupid, ugly ketchup and mustard logo there. Ninety third in the country in recruiting. Bravo, bravo, team from the north. You guys are you guys are killing it. It's nothing personal though. Nothing personal. Just. Just facts here. The rivalry continues. I, listen, I remember I remember watching uh, one of the college football games that Keith Jackson, the great, the late, great Keith Jackson, was announcing, and he was talking about some of the great rivalries because I can't remember what game it was. It was a rivalry game that he was announcing. It wasn't one of the big, big ones. It may have been the USC-UCLA game. It seemed like he announced it every year. Um, and he was talking about the best rivalries in, in the country. And I was just I was just a boy at the time when I was watching the game, and I remember him talking about. He's like, you know, a lot of people talk about the Alabama Auburn, you know, the Iron Bowl is one of the best, and and uh, he's. I'll tell you what, I got a chance to experience the Territorial Cup game between Arizona State and the University of Arizona last year, and I'll tell you what, it's right up there with the best rivalries in the country, and it stayed that way. I mean, this is Keith Jackson, who's traveled the entire country, announced for every stadium and every team and every rival you could possibly be around. I mean, he was college football for the better part of three decades, Um, and he said that the Arizona-Arizona State rivalry was one of the best and one of the most heated that he's ever been involved with, ever. And we're all sitting here like, yeah, we know. (laughs) Like, this, this is nothing new to us. We grew up in this. So, Arizona State firing another salvo and uh, in response to, you know, whatever. I don't know. They wanted to just update, the, uh, update their little billboard there. That's fine. Have your little billboard. That's all fine. We're going to get them. I, I, I mean, I, I, I pick us to win that game every year just because I could, even in the most lopsided of seasons, I'm not going to pick that school from up north to win that football game. But this year, things may be very, very different. Better be careful what you wish for, because there may be a billboard coming up your side of the I-10 real soon. The NFL playoffs are in full gear, and everyone can get in on the action with a risk-free bet from FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, it doesn't matter if you're already a member of FanDuel Sportsbook or if you're brand new. If you haven't even signed up yet, everyone's going to get to take the the opportunity of this promotion to get $10 back if your same-game parlay bet doesn't come through for you this weekend. Here's what you do. You 
either sign up using my promo code Dean, okay, D-E-A-N, that's my last name. Use my promo code. That will unlock this promo for you. You deposit $10. Then what you do is you throw $10. First, first what you're going to do is you're going to select the legs of your, of your bet. So pick the game that you like. Let's just say it's the Kansas City-Buffalo game on Sunday night. You open it up. You go to the menu there, and you see all the SGP logos. You start clicking on them. You're like, oh, this is cool. I like this. I like, I like Josh Allen over 40.5 rushing yards. I like Travis Kelsey for an anytime touchdown. I like this. I like this. I like the under total points. I like what, whatever you want. Build it however you want. As long as you build three legs or more, you throw 10 bucks on it. If you win or not, you're going to get your 10 bucks back. <laughs> Even if you don't win, they're going to give you 10 bucks back. It's, <laughs> it's an insane promotion. It's so good. And you can, I mean, you can tease the hell out of this thing. You can really get those odds up and turn a $10 bet into thousands of dollars if you wanted to. There's plenty of different ways to bet with FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the market leader. It's America's number one sportsbook for many, many reasons. The safe and secure transactions and the best-in-class customer service are always front and foremost for the, uh, for the fa- folks at FanDuel. And, of course, when you win, and you will, you get paid out in as few as two hours, and it is one of the legitimate and official sporting, sports betting partners of the NFL. Now, if you already have an account, fine. Take advantage of this as well because you can just unlock it. There's a little window up top where all the little promotions are. Just click on it, enable the promotion, and you can jump in on the $10 back promotion with the same game parlay for this weekend as well. Plus, if it's your first time betting on FanDuel, you can also cash in on those 30-to-1 odds. Use my promo code DEAN when you sign up. It accesses the 30-to-1 promo. You can pick any team to win a game this weekend, throw 5 bucks on it, and if you win, you get $150. You will never see better odds than that on any site. I can tell you that right now. That's my promo code DEAN only, exclusively, on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in present in Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. It expires in seven days. Max bonus is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Once again, some programming notes for tonight. Spears and Ali from 3 to 6 this afternoon. Be sure to check them out as they put on their entertaining show as they do every single weekday from 3 to 6 here on ESPN Tucson. Then immediately following them, we will join in progress. The Suns at the Mavericks. CP3 and D-Book taking on Luka and the Mavs. That should be a good one. Uh, We will be joining that in progress. That game starts at 5.30, so we'll probably miss about the first quarter, but you can listen to the rest of the game right here on your Tucson home for the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Then coming up this weekend, we got some college basketball action for you both on Saturday and Sunday. Syracuse heading down to Cameron Indoor to take on the Duke Blue Devils who are licking their wounds fresh off a loss, an overtime loss to Florida State as uh, Syracuse takes on Duke. That's going to be Saturday morning, coverage starting at 9.30. Sunday, we've got some more college basketball action as Michigan heading in to Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers at the uh, the beautiful arena that they have there, of course. And uh, Michigan and Indiana both 
in desperation mode for wins right now in the Big Ten. So that should be a good matchup there. That'll be Sunday right here on ESPN Tucson. And then if you're looking for more NBA action, we got you covered here as your Tucson home for the Phoenix Suns. The Suns taking on the Indiana Pacers. That's Saturday night at 6.30. Coverage begins there uh, right here right here on ESPN Tucson at 6.30. Suns and Pacers. Damana Sabonis in town. And... Uh, See if uh, the Phoenix Suns can continue their winning ways. Best best record in the NBA right now. Going to be without DeAndre for a little bit. He hurt his ankle in that Chicago game. I've heard differenting stories about how how bad or how not so bad it is. But uh, we'll just wait and see how that uh, how that ankle heals for him. And uh, wish him all the best and wait for him to get back. And Suns aren't the same without him. Their defense struggles without DeAndre there. Right. Well, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work and making sure we stay on the air. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in here on this Thursday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. And thank you for everything. Checking out Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Again, Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. And I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for a football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.